Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is Mike Abadir, and today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Got it right this time. Uh, hope everyone's having a great week so far. Looking forward to a big sports weekend with uh, the NFL playoff action. And joining me to talk all about it is my main man, Pop DiBiase. Jamil, what is going on, my man? How are you? You excited about this playoffs? I know you're a little excited about some college basketball, too, but this NBA, there's playoffs. Australian Open is about to get started pretty soon. And uh, we're going to get into the thick of derby prep season and the Pegasus and all that kind of stuff. So there's some fun stuff coming down the pipeline my man in addition to baseball moves more baseball moves and more baseball moves but pop how's it going man it's going good man it's just i just got done with the prime time angles and everything like that just got done talking about the nba and talking about the nfc playoffs and all that good stuff and giving out today's talking tickets so you know it's just another day in paradise right Absolutely, man. And uh, when you were talking uh, about some of those things, one of the biggest long shots of the weekend is where I want to start, which is the 49ers and the Seahawks intrigues me quite a bit. That was what started off the week as the longest shot or the longest, the biggest point spread, the biggest mismatch, if you will, in the playoffs. And then once it was announced, actually, that Brock Purdy was going to, or excuse me, he's already going to be a starter. Once it was announced that uh, Tua would not be starting and that Skylar Thompson would be starting, that one jumped up to make it the biggest point spread mismatch all the way up to 13 and a half now, Pop. Do you think one player who's not even like a premier player necessarily in Tua, makes that big of a difference point spread-wise? Or is it just because it's the playoffs and this other guy hasn't played any games, don't know what to expect out of him? You know, he's ba- you know basically played all – to take all the snaps, a total of less than three total games. Uh what are your thoughts about that point spread? It's pretty big for a playoff game for two division rivals. 13 and a half, Buffalo over Miami? Well, I think they're just gauging it off the fact that both these teams were one and one when it was two and Josh Allen going at each other. But still, I think that it was still a six and a half point spread when, you know, they announced it last week. So I still think that at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because the Bills is going to probably – wreck the Dolphins anyway because the Dolphins literally were not supposed to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs because the Jets are a very inferior team in my opinion and the Jets were a front runner and they jumped into a position where they weren't ready for it. Like I literally was like okay the Jets you're kind of in the way buddy. You're kind of in the way buddy. You're kind of in the way and then Jets fans really had the idea that they were going to go to the playoffs like bro you're never going to you're not going to the playoffs. 
You're not. Why would you bench the guy that's winning all the game? The guy, the guy with the best record got benched, and then you put in two guys that only won one game this season as the starting quarterback. So how do you expect to get to the playoffs? And then they were literally anointing Mike White as like the next Dan Marino. I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? He's losing games. Like, this is almost as bad as saying that Kelly Holcomb was better than Tim Couch. Like, dude, what are you? What is, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Just because the fans are mad about uh, mad about nothing doesn't mean that, you know, literally that you, you jump out of the second pick in a draft, dude. Like, you picked them for a reason. But let me talk about what you wanted me to talk about. And I think that this game right here is danger for the San Francisco 49ers. This is the most dangerous game that they're going to play in the playoffs, in my opinion, because they're going against a team – that literally is their arch villain. I'm not going to say their arch rival, their arch villain. Let me go ahead and give you some numbers, Mike. 30 and 19 overall all time. They've been in the same division the last 20, well, let's say 21 years because they've been there playing each other since 2002, uh, two, uh, twice a year, right? Okay. Peep this, Mike, since I think 2012 or 2000. Yeah, since about 2012, their record 17 and 6. 17 and 6. And actually, before Russell Wilson left, they were 17 and 4 against these guys. They just got swept by them this year. At one point, they beat the they beat the 49ers. Five years in a row. They beat them 10 straight times. This was recently. Okay, Mike? So okay, hold on. Just so I can understand. We're not talking about the Dolphins and the Bills now. We're talking Seahawks and 49ers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll get back to the Dolphins in a second. Okay, but okay. I, okay, just I just, sure. want to get to, I just want to get to the first question you asked me, and then I can get into the, the Dolphins in a moment. But Okay, yeah, sure. Take your time. So pretty much, you know, my thing is like this. It's like this. You are in trouble, San Francisco, because you're walking in here with the rookie quarterback. You're walking in here with the offense that you guys can say they're a great offense, but we know that they're just a good offense. They got a great scheme. That's the whole thing. They don't have a great playmakers in the wide receiver position. They have uh, McCaffrey, but McCaffrey is is uh, is almost a is a is a what I would like to call a slashback. So you do have him in the wide receiver spot, but he's not a between the tackles type running back. You know that you give the ball twenty five times to. So you have so you know he's a specialty guy. So you don't want to overuse him either, and. Really, when it comes down to it, it's all about how good the San Francisco 49ers front seven is going to be because their back end on the defensive end is overrated. They're not they're not one of the better units in the league. The front seven's so good that they make those guys look great. And it happens. That's what happens when you can get a lot of sacks and you get a lot of turnovers. When you have backing guys that aren't that great, they'll always make they'll always make it look like they're great because the defense is the defense only needs them to hold for 4 seconds you know what i mean um that used to be a good analogy from Khalil Mack when he was on the Raiders he used to tell the secondary just hold him for me for 5 seconds and i got y'all so i truly do feel seattle is in a position where they have nothing to lose and Pete Carroll has been so good in this round of 
the uh, playoffs as well, too. I, I think he's probably lost once or twice in the, when playing in this round. And they were, they were role games, but all in all, those teams were a bit better than them at the time. And I know a lot of people will look at it and say, okay, you know, it's Geno Smith, blase, blase. But let's look at it like this. We got two quarterbacks that are both starting in their first ever playoff game, right? But who do you trust a little bit more in this spot? You trust Geno Smith because Geno Smith has been in the playoffs, not as the starter, but he's helped the team prepare for the playoffs. So he knows the approach that you need to take on the playoffs. And when you have a rookie quarterback, the nerves will kick in because the defense is not going to be the same, Mike. And you know this. They're not going to play a vanilla defense. And people have to understand, Brock Purdy has only been their starter for about five or six weeks. He hasn't had a bad game yet. And that's not a good thing, Mike. That's not a good thing at all going into this. I also don't think he's necessarily had a lot of pressure-filled situations too, right? Correct. They've kind of of steamrolled over a lot of people, and it's not necessarily – Because they were playing nobody except for Seattle, and Seattle gave them a tough time. They played nobody at the end. You know that, except for possibly Miami and Seattle. That's it. And Seattle. And I don't Miami think Brock Purdy was in there when when they played Seattle, was he? He took over in that he game. He took over. Okay. Yeah, okay. he took over. He took over in that game. He wasn't the starter, but he came into the game. And literally, every we all thought Miami was about to trash those guys. They wound up losing. I thought it was a momentum moment. Then Purdy came back the next week against a Washington team, and he squirts them up. But Washington was a team that was kind of losing their edge after having such a nice little run for about a good eight, six, six, seven weeks. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just really feel like Purdy just has not been all the way truly tested yet. And here comes the test because Pete Carroll made his bones on the defensive side of the ball. And we both know this. So, he has something in place. He knows exactly how to stop the Shanahan uh, train. He's done this. Be- he's done this job before. He beat his dad years ago, about ten years ago to be exact. He beat his dad when he RG three was the quarterback, and they were in the playoffs in the first round. Game has the similar similar uh, remixes to that game because. You had a Washington team that won a whole bunch of games at the end of the season where they were on a streak going into the game. And then the pressure set in. But that was a different situation because I would say Seattle was slightly better than Washington at that time. In this situation, Washington, uh, Seattle was nowhere near as good as uh, San Francisco on paper going into the game. But when it comes down to who's your daddy, oh, Seattle got that. Make some good points, man. Yep. Here's and the thing, though. Seattle's defense – you're talking about Pete Carroll cut his cloth on the defensive side of the ball, which is very true. Um, yet right now, their offense is actually a lot more dynamic than their defense is. Their defense gives up, you know, a shit ton of yards and, and, and points, and, you know, they haven't necessarily been a Pete Carroll-like defense. It's kind of flip-flopped from what you would expect. In terms of plays – I'm kind of looking at this 43 in the over-under, and I'm kind of thinking, you know what? I could see this thing be getting pretty wild. I think they'll feel each other out. Could be one of those games that's like 10 to 7, 13 to 7 at halftime, and then let it rip second half, you know, maybe looking at some kind of 35-31 type game, kind of reminiscent to that Raiders 49ers game where it just got crazy. 
scoring shootout. What do you What are your thoughts? Um, it could happen. It could definitely happen because that defense hasn't stopped anybody, Pop. Yeah, but you know they had a pretty good game last week when they needed to win. But that was the Rams. I know, I know, I know. It was the Rams. Who cares? It was the Rams. But they only gave 16 points last week, right? So pretty much I would okay, say Okay, so if, they, if, if the Rams scored 16, how many did the 49ers score? That's kind of my point. Right. But at the same time, too, I think that they have a game plan in place on what they want to truly do. And this, de- I think they'll, they'll simplify things for the defense going into this game, and they're going to play the game their game of the year. I know the defense isn't playing up to the standard right now, but they're going to have to play up to the standard Saturday. Their defense is going to have to be great because they can't really get into a shootout with the 49ers because the 49ers are a ball possession team. So if the 49ers are able to roll and do what they absolutely want, they'll run that clock six, seven-minute drives. It won't even be a game, okay? But if they play defense, they three them out, get them off the field, things like that. Uh, we can expect a very, very uh, – uh, we can expect a chess match. And if we have a chess match, I really trust Pete Carroll in that spot. But I'm going to truly say that Seattle comes up short here. I just think that San Francisco is is just almost too good to lose here. But this is the game they could lose in. I'm just saying, don't go into this game with the idea that you're just going to destroy Seattle. That's my whole point. Well, if I'm Pete Carroll, which I'm not, and I know a trillion times less than he does, but we're going to play me being him for a minute anyways because this is the radio. So if I'm Pete Carroll, I do my damnedest to find a way to score and score early. I don't care how fast it takes. I don't care about ball control, none of that kind of stuff, time of possession. I do everything I can to score early. And to possibly score twice, you know, some kind of combination of a field goal and a touchdown. Now, take a look at this scenario. A rookie at home that's a heavy favorite with all the pressure on them down 10-0. Can we, we being Seattle, can we now get him to make some mistakes? in this situation under the pressure of being down as a team that's expected to win, get him turn over the ball. And then the rest of the way out, you know, it's 13 to 13, the rest of the way out, but because we have a 10 point lead, that's 23 to 13 final. I think if they approach something like that, that could, that could work. What do you think? Yeah. That can work. Pete Carroll has coached these games before, so that's why I said that it's really easy to trust your coach on your side. Shanahan has has lost. Shanahan has lost more games overthinking than he's he won games. You know, truly, you know, coaching it up. You know what I mean? Because I think him overthinking was the biggest reason why they lost the championship game last year against the Rams, and that's the one thing that can kill this whole momentum for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, if their coach gets in his way once again, him, McVay, they're all big egotists, and they all come from the same uh, coaching tree as well too. So you know that they all have this big ego, and I think that if you can go ahead and punch them in and you can punch somebody in the face early, then 
all bets are off for San Francisco. And that's how I truly do feel. Seattle has to be Seattle has to be uh often and early, as I like to say. Early and often, I mean. I'm sorry. No, I know what you mean. Uh yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think I mean I like what you're saying. I think if they're gonna rely on their defense, they're gonna be in trouble. I still think that they're more likely to win in a shootout. Uh, even if they get the early lead like I'm talking about, and then they trade scores the rest of the way, they're they're okay. But I think that I think they're better. They're more likely to win in a shootout than they are in a low scoring affair. I just don't see them being able to stop the 49ers on that many drives. Mm-hmm. Even 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 in here's the thing. We're also assuming that Gino Smith ain't going to make any mistakes. You know, pick six, giving the 49ers good field position. I'm, let me tell you something. I saw a stat. The 49ers have had the luxury of having the best field position in the NFL, uh, either it was for the whole year or for the second half. A, a nice set of games. You know, we're talking at least nine, 10 games, if not, you know, the whole 17 game season. That's set up from the defense. The defense is giving them good field position because they're not necessarily exceptional special teams. So this isn't because of great returns necessarily. This is because the defense has given them a short field to work with. And that's one of the 49ers' best offense, right? Because now when you get the ball, good field position, the best in the NFL, you know, a couple passes, you know, Kittle, you know, Debo, Ayuk. Then give the ball to McCaffrey, touchdown. Not that hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. it's going to be a battle of field position in a big, big way. It's 420. It's 420. I'm not calling for everybody to go smoke, but if you want to, go right ahead because we got a quick timeout. Just make sure that you finish up, come back in time for more Mike and Pop right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Talking 49er Seahawk NFL playoff matchup. Pete Carroll. Shanahan, their families go back decades upon decades. We'll talk more about it in a second. We will obviously be following the playoffs all the way until the Super Bowl out in Glendale, Arizona this year. Greater Phoenix Valley area. And we're going to be represented there. Because my man Pop is going to be part of the media media row down there in uh, in Phoenix, so we'll have some representation. I usually don't go to the Super Bowl, Pop. I've kind of made myself a deal, unless it's my, in my hometown or if I've got a client in the game. But otherwise, I'm not going to the Super Bowl. So. It was in my hometown once when I was staying out in Arizona. And actually, <laughs> I ended up hosting a post party for some of the New York Giants guys after they beat the Patriots. Uh, so that, that, that was, let's just say, a very memorable evening. Memorable night. That's, that's for darn sure. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I've never been to the game. So I'm happy that you're going to be out there. Hopefully, we'll be able to connect with you live. Maybe get a little bit of feedback on the show. Um, but you're going to be going on. Uh, tell us about that trip, how you're going to cover it, who are you covering it for, and uh, all that good stuff. Well, you guys know I'm a part of the media. You know what I mean? Well, we, me and my, well, but you know that I do a lot of work in the boxing world, but I also do a lot of work in the sports world in general when it comes to interviewing people and, you know, having sit-downs and things like that with some of your favorite athletes and entertainers and all that good stuff. So pretty much, uh, once again, with Fanatics View, we did this back in Miami a few years back when the Chiefs and the 49ers played each other. I covered that for the whole week. And I didn't get to go to the game this year. I don't know if I'm going to the game because I, I actually do kind of have my ticket set up to fly back the day of the game because I have an idea that possibly I won't be credentialed for that portion of it. But for the um, actual radio role, media week, that is the absolute, uh, you know, incredible um, situation for anybody who's in the uh, industry or anybody who's just now, you know, getting into, you know, media stuff is I feel like it's a creme de la creme situation. You know, there's a lot of people that say they're talking sports and say they're doing stuff. But like if you're not in that building that week, you're just pretty much somebody that's a talking on the internet you know what i mean so pretty much um it's a good way to go ahead and see how 
you know, who's really, who's who and who, when, what's what, you know what I mean? So it's a very good event. And then it's also an event that will have you that for the biggest fans that could break their hearts because their favorite players might not be as cool as they thought they would be. Uh, I don't want to go too far into the story, but that's why I have a little bit of a, you know, a, I'm not going to say vendetta, but this is why I'm kind of like, uh, I can walk away if Deion Sanders comes into the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. Um, if everybody thought he was extra air, ar- was really arrogant when he talks to the media and everything like that. It's nothing compared to who, who he really is as a person. Like, literally, he's he sets the bar at that type of stuff. There you have it. Yeah, so, you know, out. so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we can go ahead and uh, be uh, – hopefully, um, I can go to the station and do the show with you live that day. But it's more about just the week, Monday through Friday, pretty much. And then, you know, Saturday, if they, if I'm still there for the awards, we'll probably cover that. But the game in itself, I'll confirm that for you guys when we when it is game week, if I'm going to be a part of the uh, crew that does the game. But it will be with Fanatics View once again. You guys can see a lot of my interviews with Fanatics View. Just put in Pop DDIC, Fanatics View, and you'll see some of the best interviews that, you know, that, that pretty much that over the last uh, – how long have I been dealing with them since 2019? So over the last four years or so, so, you know, there's great stuff up there like Deontay Wilder ringside right after Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia, uh, me interviewing Eddie Hearn in New York, Devin uh, Haney when he was a big, right before he becomes a, uh, you know, as he's on his come up of becoming, you know, the great guy that he is, the, the great boxer he is today. And, you know, I had the honor of interviewing Marshall Falk as well too. And the list just goes on and on. But I think maybe my funnest interview was probably with Martellus Bennett and um, it was absolutely fun because Martellus had just got done reading one of his children's books to a whole group of kids. He, he was down at the NFL experience, you know, in the in the reading room. So it was funny because he's wearing this hat and saw this other extra stuff that he had on and like literally we go out there we're using the same stage that he was using with the kids and it was really cool because marty was a a, was a different type of a guy you know i mean he he wasn't he wasn't one of these guys flashy or anything like that he's very smart you know i mean you'll probably they'll probably see that tape of him and the guy that he had his issue with uh with the bears and say oh that guy's ass and da 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 no that guy is the type is 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 a very articulate uh, guy, and I said if anybody made him mad, it was their fault, not his. You know what I mean? And you know that that's tough to say about a lot of in a, a lot of guy uh, professional athletes because they do have strong egos. But this guy was a very very cool uh, guy that literally can walk into any room and you know blend in and not make it to where oh I'm a big football star. You know what I mean? So. You know, that's what I thought was pretty cool. And I thought that that's that if you ever asked me what was my favorite interview, it would have to be Marty Bennett. Martellus. Well, they call him, that's his nickname with everybody, but it's Martellus Bennett, you know, so. That's a good story from uh, down in the vault of uh, Super Bowl and media stories, Pop DBI. I got, I got, okay. let's get back I got to Oh, I'm sure you do. Let's get I back to the playoffs, matchups here so we can get through all of these. 
The next one is uh, we were talking about was Buffalo and Miami. That's the other big point spread matchup. We'll kind of go from big point spreads to uh, to to tight point spreads. Uh, that'll be the order we're taking these. So, uh, look, it's tough for any rookie to perform in the playoffs, let alone a rookie who hasn't had many snaps in the NFL. You made a case for Seattle. Make a case for Miami. How can they win this game? If this is how they can win the game, straight up, Jeff. If Josh Allen is at his house Saturday and somehow trips over uh, something at his house, that's how they win the game. Okay, because if, if if Josh Allen doesn't take the field as their quarterback, then they're they're all in that baby. So you're saying they have zero shot. Look, let me. Okay, okay. In 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 fantasy form. Okay, let's let's let me put my coach hat on real quick. In this type of game, they need to have a running game, and they don't have a running game. But if they can find a running game with Moser. And with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., like they did a few weeks back, then Miami could be a real problem here, you know, because they have to have a running game to help that quarterback out. That's my whole thing. Now, Skyler Thompson does have some good traits to him, and he didn't look all the way bad, and he did lead them to a win in the most important game of the season. So he, he does have that working for him as well, too. But he didn't do much last week. The game was all field goals last week as well, too. So the Dolphins' defense needs to be the rock star here. They need to be play the greatest defensive game they've ever played in their lives. If they even want to come, even if, if they want to even scratch the surface, but it's a possibility they can do the unthinkable because they do have a highly emotional Buffalo team coming in here and they're going to try their hardest to make sure that they win by 30 for their fallen teammate. So we know that they have that on their mind. And these are the type of games where you, when you have that on your mind, you can't mess around and lose that game. So Buffalo is going to have to be really, really cautious about not, overlooking their opponent like the rest of us, okay? Because we know that McDaniel does have somewhat of a idea of what he's seeing with the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are going to have to make major adjustments because the Dolphins already know that they only have so many ways to win the game. But they also have a brand new quarterback in place that Buffalo doesn't have enough tape on, in my opinion. But they got a whole bunch of tape on Buffalo and Buffalo's flaws. So that is something that does work in the favor of the Dolphins. But when it comes down to it, their rookie, the reason why Purdy is doing so good as a rookie quarterback is because he's very confident. You can see the confident exude. Even, even, even though the team is superior, I think he would still be a very confident quarterback, say, if you put him on Atlanta. But with Skyler, I don't see a very confident quarterback. I kind of see a guy that's getting thrown in there like a deer in the headlights. And that's why I think that Miami is just really a team that does not form a very strong chance of any upset. Now, covering, that's a possibility. Yeah, 13 and a half is a big, big number uh, for any division rivals. 
that's for darn sure. Mm-hmm. What I'll say is this. If the Dolphins are going to have a shot, they're going to have to find a way to get the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek yes. is the best playmaker, followed by Waddle. you got to put it in their hands. See, you're talking about the running game. I think everybody has that same thought, which is they need to control the clock a little bit and establish the run. I kind of go the other way with it and say, you know what, I think they need to establish the pass. And if they do that, it'll help the running game be able to eat up some yards when needed. But I think you got to hit Gusecki. The tight end could be a rookie quarterback's best friend, and you got to get downfield to Tyreek if you want to have any shot to win. Let's move on to the other big point spread, uh, or another big point spread. The Bengals are now nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Ravens, another division rivalry. So the first three matchups we've talked about are all division rivals, which makes this very interesting that they're all projected to be blowouts. Uh, As we know, division rivalries usually are close and produce results that are unexpected. Every year in the playoffs, there's some underdogs that win the game. Can the Ravens be one of those underdogs that wins this game, even though I'm suspecting that this line is nine and a half because Lamar probably will not play? He's saying that he still might. We haven't heard a lot out of Ravens camp regarding Lamar and his health. I think this game could produce a surprise. Why do I say that? Because I think the Ravens defense started getting pretty impressive towards the end of the year. I, I know Burrow is hard to stop, and it's hard harder to make a case for the Ravens scoring points than it is to suggest that Cincinnati will score points. But every once in a while, the Cincinnati offense – is out of rhythm. And I think this could be one of those opportunities where the Ravens could take advantage. What say you? I think the Ray, I think you're right on the money, Mike, because this is the thing. Once again, this is the thing that makes you really good in the playoffs, a running game. It's that simple. It's a running game. And we remember a few years back, Derrick Henry literally beat the uh, Ravens because the running game. So pretty much, if the Ravens can establish a solid run game and J.K. Dobbins can do J.K. Dobbins things, then but Baltimore is right in this thing. And Huntley is a quarterback that you should not sleep on out of all the backups that are going to be playing in the playoffs this weekend. I would say Huntley's the best one out that whole group, you know, because he's already had the experience of being a really, you know, good quarterback and everything like that. Um in college, and then he also had a very good uh, time uh, filling in for uh, Lamar last year for multiple games like he did this year. And um, I truly do think that Harbaugh is playing the old game right now with uh, Cincinnati. They want to be as honest as possible with the media saying that Lamar is not going to play, Lamar is not going to play, Lamar still may play, even though he's not out here practicing, but he still might play, da-da-da-da-da. He's a game-time decision Sunday. It's that simple. He's going to go out there and warm up. If he feels good warming up, he's going to play. It's that simple. You know what I mean? They're trying to catch the Bengals off guard. But we know the Bengals are going to be practicing for with the idea that Lamar is playing. You know what I mean? They're not going to go in here and like, oh, yeah, we got the backup. But Vegas knows that he's 
probably not. He's a 50-50 right now. He's it, it, When we started the week, it seemed like he was 100% in. Then it went to 10% in. Then it went to about 70% in. Now we're at 50-50 because it's Thursday. So we'll see how he feels Friday and Saturday with some more rest. And then Sunday, they'll work him out a little bit, maybe say three, two hours before the game, as soon as they go out on the field and warm up. And then if he if he if he wants to do it, they'll let him step on the field because I think the only person not stepping himself on the field is Lamar because he ain't trying to mess his money up. But let me give you a different and see. I don't want to get into the politics of that part right there because I know it wouldn't sound right coming from my end, but it is something that I would love to address on another platform. You know what I mean when it comes to the off season. You know what I mean so. Pretty much, um, yeah. So I think he's it, it all in all, he's trying not to mess his money up, but by not playing, you can mess your money up. So I think that you know he's at it. He got it has to really be hurting for him not to be out there on that field. It's like I know he wants to play. So if he is able to go Sunday, he's gonna go. Let's take our final timeout, Pop. We'll come back. We've got three more matchups to discuss. All of these matchups are either a three-point point spread or less. So these are the three kind of juicy ones from a, an intrigue perspective, although I think two of these games might not be that close. I'll tell you why right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final segment here. And Pop, I left off by saying right before the break that I think that some of these matchups which are projected to be close might not be that close. So I want to start with the first one, which is the Chargers and the Jags. The ja- the Chargers are on the road two and a half point favorites against the Jags. I think they got the wrong team favorite. I think Jacksonville's rolling right now. They get playing with a lot of confidence. They were do you see what they did to the Cowboys? I mean, well, they well, whipped them out of the building. <laughs> when they they won in overtime. Are you Cowboys and, and, and Jaguars? Let me take a look to see which game I might be thinking I, of. I think <clears> but, well, they did beat about, the Cowboys, though, right? Yeah, they beat them. I think you're thinking more about the game that they had against the Chargers earlier on in the season in week three. No, that's not it. Uh, I'm going to look it up so that way I could be because a little bit more accurate here. If Dak uh, doesn't throw the pick, they lose, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Dak threw a pick at, right at the right time, and it was a pick six touchdown. But I, 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 I get what you're saying, oh, Mike. I get what you're saying. I ain't mean to interrupt your point. No, I, no, they no, are no, balling no, right now. I, I want to be accurate. Yeah, uh, they are right now because let's keep it real. They went seven and one on the way out right now. Okay. They were two and seven when they got back from um when they got back from Europe. And it was literally and the everybody kind of had wrote them off, but there was still some like they could they might be able to do something. And guess who was the team that got them all the way back into form? The Raiders. With the Raiders go up twenty to seven at the half. You know, he, all of us, all the Raider fans already high-fiving, you know, uh, getting ready for, you know, oh, good week this week. You know what I mean? And then Jacksonville made a monster comeback, and they ain't looked back since. Okay, so I was thinking of the week prior. My apologies. Against Tennessee. That's yeah. the team that they blew out. That was uh, a part of Tennessee's kind of downward cycle after Jacksonville annihilated them. And, uh, and actually end up being a stepping stone for them to win a division. They haven't lost a game since. So the Jags are on a roll, winning five in a row. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, in that mix, they beat the, uh, the Jets by a couple of touchdowns. They beat Houston by four TDs. They beat Dallas in overtime. They beat Tennessee twice. Uh, two weeks before that streak, they beat Baltimore. They've got some pretty good wins under the belt. And like you mentioned, they whipped, and I mean whipped, 38-10, to 10, the Chargers, the first time around. I think they got the wrong team favorite here. I think asking a West Coast team to go all the way back east is always a challenge. I think the Jags not just cover the spread. I think they win this ballgame, Pop. Well, 
you know, that spread is really thrown out there for a 50-50 because I think by the time we get to the kickoff, it'll be a pick Because if you're thinking like that, Mike, a lot of other bettors are thinking like that as well, too. They see it as their big value play. They could possibly get themselves a plus, uh, I don't know, plus 130 or something like that. But I'm going to keep it real with you, Mike. This one's not going to go off at two and a half. This is going to go off at like at one and a half, probably a pick because there's going to be a lot of late money going in on the Jaguars. I say not so fast because you just said that the Jaguars are playing some of their best football. Well, the Chargers are playing some of their best football at the right time as well, too. The Chargers won four games in a row until Saturday, I mean Sunday, and they almost won that game as well, too. And if they would have won that game, I know a lot of people would have been a little bit more confident in the Chargers going into this, but they won those last four games when they needed to. Those games, they they were really 50-50 in every single one of those games, except for the Rams game. And they went ahead and they took care of their business in every single one of them. And they went at those games like a playoff team. And that's what gets me into the mood like, okay, this Chargers team is serious this year. They had a lot of weeks where they would lose two in a row and then come back around. See, the Chargers had a a consistent, inconsistent season. And I think that a lot of people are probably going to look at it, well, you know, the Jaguars won that game against Tennessee. The Jaguars needed – that needed everything and some help to win that game. Tennessee was really on the brink of winning that game. They did literally had to have a uh, a strip sack situation and to run a strip sack, pick six, whatever, and that was their touchdown because they were having a tough time scoring in that game. So the way that the Chargers defense has been playing over the last few weeks, uh, minus that uh, Denver game, um, they've been absolutely exceptional themselves. And I think that they got a good enough defense to where they can go ahead and keep things where they wanted at because this reminds me a lot of the playoff game they played against Baltimore a few years back when Baltimore when Baltimore beat the Chargers during the season in uh in uh Carson and then they went into Baltimore and they beat um the Ravens. I know that uh Lamar was a rookie then, but still they beat him. And that's what that's what uh, the two and two I'm putting together that the Chargers going to this one with the mind state that they can't lay they can't take this team they got to take the team very seriously and at the time when they got whooped by them nobody was 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 worried about the Jags and it was kind of seen as like okay well you know Herbert was out with the broken ribs and Bosa and um, James both were out the game by the first quarter as well too. All those guys are uh, on deck for this game on uh, Saturday with the um, with the um, Jaguars. So I like the Chargers going into this game. Uh, to be honest with you, Mike. So let and me I- throw out one more stat for you. Then. The Chargers against playoff teams this year, one and five. Okay. Only win against Miami. Losses twice against Kansas City. They got blown out by Jacksonville, as we mentioned. They got blown out by the Seahawks. 49ers took care of business. The only team that they beat that's a playoff team in this field is the Miami Dolphins to beat them 23-17. to 17. So one and five against playoff teams. When I also look at some of their wins, a lot of them were two or three-point wins. They beat the Browns by two. Broncos in overtime by a field goal. 
Falcons by a field goal. Cardinals by one point, 25-24. Tennessee Titans by a field goal. Now, one can look at it and say, hey, well, they found a way to win those close games. True. But those close games were take away one play. They made one more play than the other team. And I think that's too fine of a line when you're talking about the playoffs on the road, cross-country trip. So I think we're on the opposite sides of this one, Pop. It's what makes it the 50-50 game, like you said. Should be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the next 50-50 one, at least from a point spread perspective, which is I thought that the Vikings minus three against the Giants was light. I thought that they would be bigger favorites than that with their explosive offense and stuff. Am I underestimating the NY Giants? Yeah, you are. Because the Giants have something that works in the playoffs, a run game. And if they can somewhat keep the ball, play keep away, they can win this game. And I know they got a lot on their mind from almost beating them a few weeks back. You know what I mean? But I think that, honestly, at the end of the day, the Vikings are so good in these these games where they, they're close this season. They've won 12 games uh, by less than seven points, by seven or less, okay? So they're built for this type of situation. They're a scrappy team, and I think when, he, when you look at this one, what's the difference between these two teams? It's quarterback. So, yeah, if, if – Cousins can have a Cousins type day, then I would feel that the Vikings can win this. But the New York is a live, live doggy dog. But New York's not going to win by any blowout situation. They'll have to win with having the last possession and the game being like them being down like two, two or five points or something like that. You know what I mean? They're not going to blow them up. But if the game does, if the game is close, it's a 50-50 uh, bag. But if it's a blowout, it's Minnesota all day. I think that's a reasonable take. Yep. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to take care of business at home. And, you know, we really needed 10 more minutes for this Cowboys-Bucks uh, talk. But I'm just going to say this. Cowboys will be sending Tom Brady home. There it is. That's that. is. I'm just going to finish with that. There you go, Mike. You got it, Mike. J- just, just, Just like that, huh? Just like that. I don't I don't need to explain nothing. I just think that is time. You know what I mean? Because Brady has had such a roller coaster of a season and we the 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 jury's out. Nobody wants to see Tom Brady make another Super Bowl run. So I think that he's going home so he's going home Monday night. It's hard to make a case for their offense. Yeah, it is. I mean their offense has just not been that good. And their defense isn't what we thought it was going to be this year. You know, they weren't able to slow down. I remember one of those matchups against Carolina. They weren't able to slow down the, the Carolina Panthers running game at all. I think it was the first or second game after they traded McCaffrey. And so I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I don't know how much I'm, I'm buying into Dak. But what I am buying into is their running game. I think Pollard's a stud. I think he's underrated. And even though Zeke is kind of the guy that has more notoriety, I think Pollard right now is playing the best of the two. Zeke may have had too many carries on his legs, on his knees, but they're using him in a smart way. 
And I think that two-headed monster is going to be tough to stop. It just, to me, it's a matter of is, is Dak able to accurately hit those receivers when it matters most? Like third and sevens, third and five, third and 12 because of false starts. Is he able to convert some of those? I think if he can, you get to keep the ball moving, keep the chains moving, then I think the Cowboys will take care of business as well. I don't have a pick on this one. This is the only game that I truly am having a tough time reading, Pop. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, and you're standing by it. I I just don't know on this one. It's I don't know which team is going to show up between both of these teams, man. I don't care, man. Look, the Buccaneers are a money burner this year. They cannot be trusted to do anything. If Tom beats you, Tom beats you. Who cares? But at the end of the day, they should – Cowboys should, should really win this game by three touchdowns or better. I know that sounds really crazy right now, but seriously, if they go in there with the attitude of they don't respect Tom Brady and they don't care about all of his accolades, they can go ahead and they can win this game by that sounds are better. I think Tom Brady wins a lot of times because people have so much respect for him. Now, when you just start saying, okay, it's time for you to wrap it up, oh, let's go ahead and Marino this fool. You know what happened to Marino at the end. You know what happened. It was ugly. It was really ugly. And I know that probably won't be the game, but I kind of hope that they beat that they really beat the brakes off of the Bucks so this man will go away. You think that would be the case? You think if he loses, he's done? They're gonna I I think if he loses, he's gonna want to continue. It doesn't matter. Tom's gonna want to continue, but if he gets humiliated, he'll just be like, you know what? I think it's time for me to wrap it up. But when he, if he wins, he loses the game by three. He'll be right back, and we already and it's already becoming a headache as is right now. Raiders, oh my God, they're bringing him. This is I said. If you're a fan base hoping you're going to get Tom Brady uh, this offseason, you are an absolute goof. You don't 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 say you know football for anything because Tom Brady is at the age where you don't play football anymore. And I don't care. He did not look like a great player this year. Just because he dinks and dunks everything does not mean that he's the the best court best quarterback there is and that there there ever was. He's the best winner, but no. This guy is not leading your future. Do not even think about it, uh, Mark Davis. Or I'm gonna call or I'll make a personal call to the shareholders myself and have you removed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no way. I if I'm the Raiders, you want somebody that you can expect to be there year in, year out for the next five to ten years, kind right. of like Carr prior. I still think that they should have kept Carr, but that's a whole different ball of wax. Hopefully Miami can get uh Carr. I think he'd be a great fit over there. But Pop, great show. That's all the time we have. Always Damn it. Love having you on, <laughs> on with us. Appreciate it. It's going to be a really fun playoff season. I'm super excited for it. And uh, that's all the time we got. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for everybody that's a part of this show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports playoff weekend, everyone.
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.